This is Jimmy Scroggins, and I'm the lead pastor of Family Church in South Florida. Welcome to the Church for the Rest of Us podcast. On our podcast, we're committed to giving you scalable ideas that you can use with the resources you have right now at your church. So welcome to Church for the Rest of Us. Hey, welcome back, guys. So glad you're with us to hear more about our leadership principles at Family Church. The culture of your church and your organization and even your family will flow out from your heart as the leader or the influencer. And we want to define what is important about culture so that we can celebrate it and recognize it and emphasize it. So we're going through our leadership principles. You don't have to adopt our principles, but maybe our principles will speak to you in your context. You can adapt principles and make them your principles. Well, today we have with us, as always, Leslie Bennett and also Pastor Winter Ullman. And they're going to talk about our next principle. Let's see, what are our principles? Please review with our listeners. Sounds good. So we do have seven principles. Be a family, be trustworthy, be a people developer, be a motivator, be an innovator, be a collaborator, and be excellent. Mm -hmm. And Winner and I today are going to talk about the importance of be trustworthy, which we defined Winner as an organization. Do you want to read our definition of be trustworthy? Yeah. So our definition for be trustworthy is to consistently demonstrate integrity in all that you do and say. We want to consistently demonstrate integrity in all that you do and say. Pretty comprehensive. Yeah. All. Yes, that's, that's right. right. That's right. And so one of the ways that we could even look at that is under the principle of being trustworthy, there's a story in the book of Exodus chapter 18, 21. So the people of God have just come out of Egypt and there's pretty much one leader and that's Moses. And so they're going through and every time they have an issue, it's Moses who has to deal with it. Moses has to be the judge between them. And his father-in-law Jethro comes and he sees that Moses is doing too much. Like it's too mm -hmm. much. He's always exhausted. And, and so Jethro tells him that Moses needs to select men who are trustworthy, right? They need to select men who are trustworthy to lead and, and to help him lead. And so that's what worked in the scriptures. And that's also what we want to do. We want to find uh, men and women who can help us lead by being trustworthy. Yeah. And I love that. So this material that we're going to have on our podcast today is a talk that Leslie, you and Winter gave to our interns this summer. And we thought it was so good and so rich that we just kind of walked through that talk on our podcast. So what's the theological principle that underpins this idea of being trustworthy at Family Church? Well, we chose Philippians 1.27, which says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. And so obviously Paul is writing to the church at Philippi and he's encouraging them to really work together. And the church was kind of wrestling with some personal ambition and rivalry. And so, you know, I don't know what was wrong with those people because like, <laughs> we, we don't, have, that that we don't have any of that <laughs> in our day and age. But anyway, so Paul's encouraging them. And basically he's saying a life that's worthy of the gospel is trustworthy mm -hmm. and that a trustworthy person is the same whether people are watching or not. I really mm -hmm. like how he says that whether I come and see you or am absent 
the things that I'm going to hear about you are going to be the same. Mm -hmm. And so we want to stand firm in all of that. And we actually have that in our definition too, don't we, Winner? When we defined it, we said consistently Mm -hmm. demonstrates these things. Yeah. So you could take that definition, right, which again is consistently demonstrating integrity in all that you do and say, and you could break them down into sections. And so if you start off with that first word, consistently, right? And so we want to be people who are consistent. And one of the ideas that we kind of thought through when we were given this talk originally was that consistency breeds trust. Mm. Like consistency is the breeding ground where trust can grow. And when you're consistent, people actually know what to expect from you. It's when you're Mm -hmm. inconsistent that people don't know what type of person you're going to be on one day Mm -hmm. rather than another. And as we were giving this talk, so we kind of, there's this thing on YouTube. I don't know if you've ever seen this. It's called the chocolate raw egg prank. No, but I can't wait to hear about it. Okay. So (laughs) basically what these people do, these sinners, they will take a raw egg and they will cover it in chocolate, right? And put sprinkles on it and make it look real good. And then they give it to like some unsuspecting victim, right? And then that person bites into it. It's a big bite. Oh. It's disgusting, right? (laughs) Oh. So, you know, since we were doing this with interns, we thought, you know what? Let's try this with them, right? No. And so now what we did was, yes, so we brought some eggs, right? And they were, you know, they were covered in chocolate. But here's the thing, right? Because we're believers and we're Christians and we want to be good people, right? They were actually all Cadbury eggs. Oh. Right. And so we started giving them out. We started giving them out. And then one by one, people are biting into it. And as they're biting into it, they're realizing, oh, these are all Cadbury eggs, which is interesting because at first, once we set them up with this story, they didn't know. And so their trust was down. But mm-hmm. as they saw consistently, oh, it's a Cadbury egg, it's a Cadbury egg, it's a Cadbury egg, then their trust started building up. And so okay. it's a breeding ground for trust, which is consistency. Well, I think that's a good point, too, because there's just, there's sometimes leaders feel like unpredictability is an asset. Mm -hmm. And yet I find that in most leadership environments, predictability is actually an asset. If people know, hey, when this happens, here's how Pastor Jimmy is going to react. Mm -hmm. Or, hey, you don't want to do that because this is what he's going to say. Or, hey, you definitely want to do that because this. So I think them knowing that Pastor Winter, knowing that Leslie or Pastor Jimmy, this is how... I think that's what you're meaning with consistency mm-hmm. is this predictable pattern. Yeah, absolutely. And it gives them an insight into how you think. And they know, okay, well, Pastor Jimmy thinks this way and Pastor Jimmy would react this way. And so I know how to kind of conform and align in a way that my leader would appreciate. Yeah, and this can be done for good or for ill, right? Because if right. you consistently abuse someone mm-hmm. or you consistently mean in how you treat people or you're mm-hmm. consistently unloving, people are going to learn to expect that from you and they're going to adjust their behavior and the information they bring to you accordingly. Mm -hmm. So you can miss out on a lot of important information as a leader because people know if they bring information that you don't like, you're going to react negatively. Yeah, I agree with that. And I also say probably the inconsistent pattern of, okay, one way I'm one time I'm this way, one time I'm this way kind of is a little bit of a breeding ground for like abuse, right? right? Because they don't know how they can approach you. And so I would avoid that as well as much as I could. Yeah. And then we talked about the importance of demonstrating integrity, which I really like. Psalm 78, 72 says, David shepherded them with integrity of heart, with skillful hands. He led them. And, you know, integrity means complete It means whole. It means upright. Again, being the same on the outside as you are on the inside. So it's really, I mean, Cadbury eggs good. It's better than biting into a rotten egg. (laughs) But my favorite demonstration for integrity is baby carrot. Because the baby carrot is the same on the outside as it is on the inside. You might not like (laughs) carrots. But when you think about it, you know, it's hard to come up with things that are very much the same on the outside as they are on the inside. And that's really as believers who we want to be. 
And that's a challenge for all of us, right? Mm -hmm. So integrity is super important. It starts in the heart, it says in this passage, and then it moves to the hands, Mm -hmm. which I really like too. So it is something that starts in here and then it flows out into the practical aspects of our lives. Yeah. You tell me you have faith, but show me you have faith by what you do. That's That's what the book of James says. Yeah. Yeah. And so those are the first two parts, right? Consistency, then demonstrate integrity. And then the last part is in all that you do and say. And so we kind of looked up that word in the Hebrew and the Greek. And that word all means all. Ah. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, deep theological it study also means that in the this. English. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it means all. And so really what we want to do is we want to be people that in everything that we do and all that we do and say, that's what we aspire to do is to be people of integrity. Yeah. So we broke our practical applications down into what you can do and what you can say. So some of the things that you can do, you can live with a clear conscience, both personally and organizationally. And Pastor Jimmy, I think you have a saying that goes with this. I do occasionally say that a clear (laughs) conscience is a soft pillow. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of times when people are going to insinuate or even accuse or people might suspect you of doing something that would not have integrity. But when you know for a fact that you have told the truth and you have acted with integrity the best that you understand it, then you're able to put your head on the pillow at night and you're not afraid that someone's going to catch you doing something wrong. Someone who does not consistently live with integrity is constantly worried that someone is about to find out about the skeleton in the closet Mm -hmm. or about the dirty laundry. That's why in the book of Proverbs, it says the wicked flee, though no man pursues, because the person who lives a guilty life always feels guilty, whether they're guilty or not. In the same way, a person who lives a life of integrity always feels innocent because they always are. All right. Not that they're not sinful, but there's this sense of which I have done my best with to do the right thing in the right way with the right heart. It lets you put your head on the pillow at night and not worry too much about people who are just trying to gaslight or trying to derail something that's mm-hmm. happening. Right. And the second thing we talk about is to fill the gaps with trust. Mm-hmm. So that's super important here at Family Church. I mean, we talked um, last episode about be a family. So what we would say is that Family Church, we don't want to think that our brothers and sisters are out to get us. Right. Mm. We want to fill that gap with trust. Again, something we've learned a lot from you, Pastor Jimmy. At least I've learned a lot from you in this area. So I don't know if you have anything that you would add or... Well, I learned that phrase from Andy Stanley years ago. I heard him do a talk on this, but filling the gaps with trust is such an important principle. And I think what you just said is exactly right. Sometimes when you're in a working environment and you're trying to get things done, the larger your organization gets, you may feel like there are people who are actually, it feels like they're almost like roadblocking you on purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's easy being to take things personally. But one of the things that we have to remind ourselves at family churches, you know, we have all good people here and everybody here is on mission or they wouldn't be here. And everybody here is, they're good people trying to do good things. Mm-hmm. Now, we may have different ideas about how to get it done, or we may not be as sensitive or responsive to one another as we ought to be. And we may neglect someone or overlook someone or or dismiss someone inappropriately. But still, at the end of the day, if you can fill in the gas with trust, it's because you can say, hey, I actually know, even though I don't feel good about the way that this mm-hmm. interaction has gone, this is a good person right. trying to do good yeah, things. Yeah, the intentions are good. 
Yeah. And that is the point. And I think for me, this was, I love fill the gaps with trust because that is a part of me. I'm that person he's talking about that kind of feels like, <laughs> I am hey, not that <laughs> person. I, that was, I did not have you in mind at all, just for the no, record. I know, I know you didn't. I know you didn't. But that is so part of Filling the gap with trust right there. Exactly. Man. That's right. Yes. And that is absolutely true because that's something I know that I've personally struggled with coming from kind of a place of, is this person out to get me? Is their intentions correct? Like, do they have the right motives? And just knowing that we're all family here, we're brothers and sisters. We have the right motives. We may mess up, you know, like this is a place of grace though. Like everybody's trying to do the right thing and we're doing it with the right heart. I actually have a story that I can tell on myself. And this does involve Pastor Jimmy is one time we were doing an event and we had decided to set up the event in a certain way and the chairs were set up and the stage was facing a certain direction. And then somebody came to me and they said, Hey, someone else on the team came and asked us to rearrange the whole room. And I was like, what? And I was upset. Like, why did he tell them to do that? Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I was upset. And I actually found out later that it was at the request of Pastor Jimmy, which I would never have reacted that way had I known that it was at the request of Pastor Jimmy. But I didn't have the same level of trust for this other person. And that was a real lesson to me Mm -hmm. that I didn't fill the gaps with trust with someone, you know, that when I should have. So it's a challenge to all of us because Mm -hmm. sometimes decisions are made and we don't know why that decision was made. And we just have to choose in the moment to fill the gap with trust. So it can be a challenge. And the other thing we talk about is the importance of follow through. And we always want to under promise and over deliver. Mm -hmm. So under promise and over deliver and don't let your mind get in front of your mouth. I think yes. that's one of your sayings, Winner. Don't <laughs> let your mind get in front of your mouth instead of your mouth getting in front of your mind. Let your mind, I'm sorry, get in mm-hmm. front of your mouth instead of but letting your mouth get in front of your mouth. This has been very confusing about the mind. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Here. Let your mind get in front of your mouth instead of your mouth in front of your mind. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's kind of like, you know, people writing checks that you can't cash, right. people yes. whose eyes are bigger than their stomach. Sometimes when you're enthusiastic about the mission and you genuinely love the other people, so you want them to think well of you and you want to please them, it's easy to find yourself over-promising. Mm-hmm. And really in an organization, that's not healthy. It's healthier to tell people no or which part of this that you can do than just to try to please them by saying yes and then not being able to deliver or maybe not being able to deliver in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And some of what that means as you work through an organization over time People actually learn, yeah, he says that, but he's not going to do it. Mm. Or she says that she'll be there on time, but she's not going to be on time. And then people begin to adjust based on their confidence that you will not do. And boy, then you have a real problem in an organization. So part of us loving each other and caring and being trustworthy is even holding each other accountable when we overpromise and underdeliver. That's right. Another important aspect of this is honoring proper confidentiality. Mm. So if you've been trusted with confidential information, it's because you've been deemed trustworthy. So we like to say that trust is lost in buckets and one back in drops. So it's pretty easy to lose a person's trust if you don't honor proper confidentiality. 
Yeah, that's right. And if we were to keep going, so now we, those were the ideas and the principles and the guidelines from what we do. And then now we transition to what we say, right? That second part of, and all that you do and say. And the first idea from there really is kind of a do, but it also incorporates the say, and that's the be the person that you say you are. Mm. Be the person that you say you are. And I actually had these quotes confused in my mind at one point, And then I kind of realized, oh, they're two separate quotes from two different people. And one of them is from C.S. Lewis that says, Integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is watching. And then the other one is like it. D.L. Moody was quoted saying, character is what you are in the dark. And so what we don't want to do is we don't want to portray ourselves as being one person. And then what we do actually portrays us as another person. So the same words that we use, we want our walk to reflect that as well. And then also we have this idea of being willing to speak the truth in love. Mm-hmm. All right. So two parts there being willing to speak the truth in love. Right. And so Proverbs 27 verse six tells us that wounds from a friend can be trusted. And because there's going to be some times where we have to tell some difficult truths to people. But what we always want to do is we want to have this right goal. And the goal is to build them up. We always want to build people up, not tear them down, even though something the right truth given in the wrong way is detrimental, yeah, right? And, it, right? And people don't aren't able to receive it. And so we want to give people the truth in a way that they're able to receive it with the goal, the end goal is building them up. Yeah. And it's easier to receive that. It's easier to fill in the gas with trust when you believe somebody loves you. Yeah. Because if you believe that somebody loves you, then you know they're not trying to hurt you. They're not trying to block you. They're not trying to tamp you down. Mm-hmm. So what just happened? Right. Well, they might have misspoken or they might have done something. They might have had a you might have caught them in a bad moment or on Mm -hmm. a bad day or they may have just lost their temper or whatever. But that's where love covers over a multitude of sins. It really does. Mm -hmm. And then the other idea really is to give credit to others when they deserve it. Giving credit mm. to others when they deserve it. What know? about if I just receive credit from others when I don't deserve it? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's another issue there. But giving credit, really, it helps build a strong team, right? Mm-hmm. We want to build each other up, right? We want to edify each other. And so we're trying to s- seek to create a culture of affirmation where we're constantly and consistently affirming each other. You know, it's 33rd President Harry Truman. He said that it's amazing what you can accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit. Good. You can like accomplish that. so much. Yeah. And the first time I actually heard that was to give credit to someone was a person on our team, Garrett Haywood. He used that quote and because someone was talking about him and how he constantly does so many things that people don't see. And yet it's so effective for the ministry. And then he said that quote and I was like, that's incredible. Like, that's the type of person I want to be like. I'm not mm-hmm. worried about getting so much credit, but I'm really trying to give people credit. And so a good leader takes a little bit more of their share of the blame. And they take a little less of their share of the credit. Right. Mm. That's always the fun thing about being a leader, right? Is that you get to be the one who says, well, ultimately the buck does stop here. So when something doesn't work, it really is my fault. Mm-hmm. Because even though maybe I didn't do that thing, I didn't lead well enough. I didn't coach somebody well enough. I wasn't mm-hmm. there enough. So ultimately, it's you know, it is my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like Pastor Jimmy likes to say, it might mm-hmm. not be my fault, but it is my, my responsibility. responsibility. No, right. Yeah. That's a pretty big deal. That is a big deal. 
Uh, we have a couple of policies here at Family Church, too, that fall into under this leadership principle. So again, you don't have to adopt these policies at your church. We do think that they're super important. So one of our practices that we put under Be Trustworthy is that we are supposed to keep our staff Ten Commandments. And if you don't know what those are, we can certainly put those in the show notes. But they have to do with how we interact with each other in opposite gender kinds of situations, especially if you're married. And then the other one is to keep all management of money clean and transparent. Mm -hmm. So these are very important to us at Family Church because why, Pastor Jimmy? Well, because people will forgive you for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But if you fail in the area of your sexuality or you fail in the area of losing integrity when it comes to money, it's really, really difficult to recover your ministry. And it's even if you are able to be restored to some degree, you'll never be fully restored when you fail in the area of your sexuality or stealing money. And that's why even in the qualifications for church leadership in the New Testament, mm -hmm. those are two really, really prominent mm -hmm. qualifications that pastors and elders are supposed to work on and develop and cultivate. And so that's why we have these uh, different policies. We got our staff 10 commandments I got it. I learned it from Kevin Ezel when I worked for him at Highview Baptist Church in Louisville, and he got them from Rick Warren, mm -hmm. who developed them at Saddleback. And so we've of course, sort of adapted a family church version of that. But that's a really big deal. And I would encourage all of our leaders in any kind of Christian-based organization to have some very clear guardrails and guidelines. And I know that uh, things like the Billy Graham rule sort of get bashed in the press, and it's fashionable for evangelicals to go on social media and talk about how old-fashioned and out-of-date those rules are, I simply don't agree. And I think having some kind of appropriate guidelines other than, hey, why don't we just all trust each other and be good boys and girls, I don't think that's the most helpful. And I do think that some version of this would be great, and I'd encourage you to consider it. And if you've been swayed by people on social media who've made you feel dumb or backwards for having guidelines your organization, I'd encourage you to resist the urge to mm -hmm. give those up and maybe think about a, a set of guidelines that would fit your culture and your organization. And I really like the idea that we talk about with guardrails. We've talked about this before because a guardrail is a good thing, right? A guardrail is there to tell you that you might go over the edge. And like mm -hmm. you said, if you really want to jump over the guardrail with your truck, you can. You sure can. So the guardrails are there for people who are wanting to do the right thing mm -hmm. and just giving us an extra measure of protection. And we also, you know, the principle, keep all management of money clean and transparent. We also have a set of policies in place at Family Church that we review consistently about how we can handle money and you know what you can when you can and can't receive money and how much money you can receive or when you have to report it to whom you have to report it again just because we know people want to do the right thing and we're helping them to stay mm -hmm, within those mm -hmm. guardrails if you want to do the wrong thing i mean we all know you can find the way to do a wrong thing so yeah, any, your church ends up appreciating it you know I think like so. the people who are part of your church end up appreciating because they know okay well she lives at a certain standard you know and so we can trust them it puts an extra level of trust when they know that you're trying yeah. to live by those guidelines. And we do communicate those guidelines to our church in different mm -hmm. ways. And so people who are paying attention are aware of those. And it really does help you because people know what the guidelines are. So they don't try to get you in gray area situations when right. it comes to money. That's right. Or get you in, you know, potentially compromising patterns when it comes to interactions with members of the opposite sex 
that you're not related to. And so I do think that these guidelines do communicate a lot, not just to each other in the way that we treat each other and to our spouses, Mm -hmm. but also to our church family. That's right. And so I'm very, very grateful for that. Winter, why don't you give us the last word here on what it means to be trustworthy and how important it is to live in a trustworthy organization. Absolutely. I would just say, I mean, like the principle says, we want to seek to be consistent, be consistent. And because demonstrating consistency in a way that shows, okay, what I'm doing and what I'm saying is coming from a place of trustworthiness. Like um, that is a goal that I think everyone should be striving for. And that doesn't mean that we're going to do it perfectly. It doesn't mean that we're going to always achieve this untouchable standard, but we're trying, we're trying and we want to seek that. We want to pursue integrity in that way. We sure do. Hey, to all of our listeners, thank you for listening to us today. I hope we've heard something that helps you as you lead in your family, your church, your business, or whatever it is that you have influence. And we love it. If you would share our podcast with a friend and you know, if you really want to do us a favor, seriously, It would mean a lot to us if you'd consider leaving a rating on your podcast platform, maybe a review on your podcast platform. And if you'd like, drop us a question on our website, familychurchnetwork.com or on Twitter at Church Joe's. Hey, look, we'll be back next week talking about the importance of being people developers. If you're not in the people development business, I don't know how in the heck you have any kind of a good organization. So let's work on that. As always, it's been a pleasure, guys. So for Leslie Bennett, Winter Omen, and me, Jimmy Scroggins, this has been Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog or follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins. We want to connect with you and learn from you because we're in this together. We're all learning from each other. We are Church for the Rest of Us.